the Kapow Radio Show Prophecy Watch. Now I'll always know what time it is. Does anybody really know what time it is? Silence, and time to speak, a time of war, and a time of peace. Does anybody really know what time it is? Does anybody really care? So I can't imagine why. Hello, Mr. Kapow. Well, hello, Brother Kapow. Today is September 4th, 2017. It's laborious day. Laborious. And we are laboring, aren't we? We are laboring. We are laboring over a hot microphone. <laughs> are we not? Just, just, just. Okay. Today, we start Chapter 7 of Ecclesiastes. And we're going to start Life Above the Sun. We're gonna looky. Uh, we're gonna looky. We're gonna looky. We're gonna looky. looky a little more positive at the things of the world. It's a, co- a combination of Elmer Fudd and um, myself. <laughs> so we're gonna look at chapter seven. Uh, he still, you know, Kola still kind of goes in and out of his little. Uh, you know, he does his little negativity thing just to kind of prove the positive stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to remember, he was living in a uh, very wise guy, but he was living. Guy, hey? Yeah, but he was living in apostasy uh, towards his latter years there because all of his many wives, he had a thousand women. Can you imagine that? I can't even deal with one. <laughs> I mean, you talk, talk about madness. Seven, seven, something like 700 wives and 300 concubines. concubines. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? Hey, I want to talk. I want to talk to you. How was my... Why did you never ask me about my day, Solomon? Sol? Solly? You like my shoes? No wonder the guy drove to Modness. <laughs> there it is. There it is right, right there. Yeah, I'm a spring. <laughs> so we shall begin. All right? All right. I'm going to be taking the voice of Coalith because he's still off. It's Labor Day. He couldn't yeah, come into the, the studio. Yeah. I mean, he has a holiday. Come on. And I'm not going to pay him time and a half. I'm just not going no. to. No. It's he has vexation. enough riches as it is. We're going to have oh, to yeah. more. It vexates my spirit. <laughs> All right. Okay. Chapter 7, verse 1 says, A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. It says here, to die and be with Christ is um, far better. And then a good name is rather um, is rather to be chosen than great riches, 
and the name of the wicked shall rot. It's true. These, uh, this verse here can't be separated. It's, they're conjoined. The good name is conjoined with um, the day of death better than the day of one's birth. So if you have a good name, then your day of death is better than your uh, birth. If you're living in wickedness and you're not living above the sun but under the sun, it's no bueno mm-hmm. when you die because uh, then you're going to go to eternal fire and hell. So it's no bueno. So in a way, it's, it's like saying uh, a good name is better than precious ointment. It's like if you were in the name of Christ. Absolutely. That's exactly the point, Ms. Kapow. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> exactly. Because the name, which is character, right? Mm-hmm. The Hebrew word um, shim. We know we did a study on that when we did the three sons of Noah mm-hmm. about shim, about the name, going and making a name for yourself. It's character. It's a godly mind and a life. That's the name to live under the commandments of God. It's not just a reputation like, oh, he's got a good name. He's got a good guy. He sells good peaches. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that. It's the godly mind and the life is what is meant here. It's what a man is in the sight of God, not in the sight of other men. That's right. Right? That's right. And in the sight of God, that name and reality are one thing. And that alone is good, while all else is vanity when made the chief in. Mm-hmm. Now, Isaiah 9, 6 says uh, about our Lord Jesus Christ, for unto us is born... I'm sorry, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Amen. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's the name, like you said, you hit it right on the the head there, the name that is in Christ. Mm -hmm. And we are going to get new names and stuff uh, later on. And the ointment, when this was written, is was was used at costly banquets and mm-hmm. you know things like that. So, and there's a uh, what they call a para. Um, oh, here, here's a little theological thing. It's what they call a paranomasia. Mm, that sounds very uh... a paranomasia, Miss Capel. <clears throat> and that's when like two words are similar in Hebrew. We miss that in the English. But the name for name is like, like I mentioned was Shim or Shim, mm. right? And the name for ointment is Shimon. Mm. So it's it's a it's a what they call a paranomasia. Mm. So yeah. the ointment is fragrant only in the place where the person is, where the head and the garment are scented, and it's only for a time. And the name given by God to His child to us is forever Mm. in all the lands. You dig it? So uh, in Revelation 3.12, we have a little verse here that says, Him that overcometh, that should be all the Kapow listeners, right? That's right. Will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. Mm. And I will write upon him the name of my God. Yes. And the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new 
name. Amen. So that's why a good name is better than precious ointment. That is why. All right? All right. I think we understand that. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Also in Mark 14, 3 through 9, Miss Capel, mm-hmm. is the um, story of Mary and Martha. Ah, yes. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon, the leper, and he, that's Jesus, sat at meat. He sat to eat. Mm-hmm. And there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard. She said that's that expensive ointment. Very precious. And then she broke the box and poured it mm-hmm. on Christ's head. Yeah. I wrote a song about that called I Pour Me Out. Mm-hmm. If you ever listen to words, that's what that's about. So that, that's a it, beautiful song, too, by the way. It really is. The the Holy Spirit uh, really. I love that song. Those lyrics are just beautiful. But it's about mm-hmm. pouring me out. And it's based on that story about breaking that ointment before Christ and pouring your life out at the cross. Mm-hmm. Right. You pour yeah. me out like water. So a good name and the ointment. You can see how that's tied in. Now, the second part of the verse and the day of death, it's better than the day of one's birth. Mm-hmm. And that basically is not like a general censure, uh, censure upon God for creating man. It's not like a general thing, but it's connected with the previous clause mm-hmm. that he who has a godly name, that death is better than his day of birth. Or like Philippians one twenty three mm-hmm. says, far better. Paul writes, for I am in a strait betwixt the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Yeah. You know, there is a the scripture that says that the death of the saints is um, pleasing unto the Lord. And I used mm. to think that when someone that was in Christ died, um, it made God happy because that meant that person can be with him. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, and that probably is true. But I was looking at it one day, and what hit me was that when a sinner comes to Christ, because then he has died or been baptized with Christ, that's the death that I believe God is pleased with because that person has come to repentance and been reborn. Oh, yeah. I understand that. You know? That makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. And here in uh, Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord... Lord, um, is near unto them that are of a broken heart and save such as be as and save such as be a of a contrite spirit and the sacrifice of god the sacrifice of god are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart o god thou wilt not despise you know that that goes um, right with verse 2 right with verse 2 because Quolathan says it is better to go to the house of mourning mm, mm-hmm. than go to the house to feasting. Mm-hmm. For that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Now, how many of you like going to funerals? Mm-mm. I hate funerals. But hopefully when you have to attend one, you sit there in um, circumspection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And you start thinking, man, there's Uncle Joe laying there. Um, I'm next, or you know, we can all well, just you die see like life, that. you know, as um, very precious. We don't have 
um, we can't say, well, we're going to, you know, be here until we're 70 years old. We don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, it gives you, um, like you said, you know, you, you, you look at how fragile life is. Yeah. And you realize, wow, you know, mm-hmm. this, uh, there's more to think about. And that's what that's what Coleth is saying here. It's better to go to the house of mourning than to just be partying all the time. Because at the house of mourning, well, that's the end of all men. And if you're attending that and seeing that, hopefully you're going to lay it to your heart, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so verse 2 proves that's not a sensual enjoyment of earthly goods, which is meant like in Ecclesiastics 3.13 when he says... And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor as the gift of God. You know, it's not that, you know, it's not eat, drink and party because tomorrow you're going to die type of thing. It's not hedonism. Mm-mm. It's you do that in respect to the gifts that God has given you to enjoy those things of the earth. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a thankful use of, of these gifts. It's a, you know, that's what's important, but frequent partying and just feasting is dangerous mm-hmm. to your piety. It really mm-hmm. is. And it often shuts out the thoughts of God in eternity. Mm-hmm. Now, right now, as we speak, the Burning Man is going on um, in the Nevada desert. It goes on to the 4th of September. And the last thing those guys are thinking about is God in eternity. Right, right, right. You know, they're they're lightning effigies. They're worshiping Satan. They're it's total paganism, uh, hedonism, Luciferianism, uh, rituals, and they're they're just partying, drugs, sex, and rock and roll. So they're not they're not thinking about that. That's a house of fools. Mm-hmm. And Koleth, you know, the sight of the dead in the house of mourning causes the living to think of of their own demise. You know, and earlier we were listening to a, a sermon and the pastor was saying how difficult it is for older people, like in their 60s, 70s, you know, that are, yeah, mm-hmm. near death, um, to get saved. He said the percentage was really, really low, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I realized too, living in this um, age-restricted community, that a lot of the I I always thought that as you get closer to death, the more you would contemplate where you are going to spend eternity, mm-hmm. but that doesn't seem the the case. The, the case more or less is that when you reach our age, and um, instead of looking where you are going to spend the rest of your eternity, you try to get everything you can while you're still alive. So you don't want to look or think about death. You want to continue on and just do as much as you can before you die. Yeah. Isn't that kind of like with that movie, The Bucket List? Yeah. If you think about it, Mm -hmm. you know, these two guys are dying, but instead of concentrating on the eternal spiritual, the eternal life, they just went out and did everything that you wanted to do Mm -hmm. that you haven't done. Um kind of a cute feel-good movie but if you really think about the message behind that it's wrong <laughs> is it not yeah well to do that without having your eternity secure to keep taken care of first you know? yeah yeah and you're absolutely right we were listening to the the preach fact it was danny castle if if you want to hear good preaching still old-fashioned preaching uh danny castle c-a-s-t-l-e mm-hmm. on youtube um one of the last real guys out there He's a pastor, real preacher, real word of God stuff. 
And um, yeah, it was amazing what he was saying that it's his whole career, he could count on his hand the people who actually give their heart to God uh, in their later years. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it would just be the opposite too, but it's not. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Verse 3, sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this goes with the above verse. You know, that it could be a good thing to be introspective and a little sad about things. So you're just not partying your life away, that you're thinking things through. Right? In four, it says, the heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of myrrh. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, you know, Burning Man, Pagan Festival, you know, the, the, this country's, <laughs> this America's falling apart, man, right? Yeah. You know, politically, civilly, economically, it's, oh man, judicially, I mean, you name it, it's falling apart, and now it's falling apart physically, mm-hmm. you know, yes. with with Hurricane Harvey, and you got Irma, at, as the time of this podcast, Irma's still looming on the East Coast. You got Oregon, the state of Oregon, on fire. You got Montana that's on fire. And now you have Los Angeles with unprecedented fire. Mm-hmm. And um, there's earthquakes in Idaho. Uh, the California Yellow... has fires. Yep. The uh, Yellowstone. Um, Oh, that's a volcano yeah. is, is rumbling. There's weird things that you don't even hear about on the news as far as the the Schumann uh, resonance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the earth frequencies ha- are spiking and changing. There are a lot of weird things going on on this planet mm-hmm. in space and around <laughs> I mean, it's incredible, right? You know? Yeah. And then through all of this, you got people like Burning Man, and they're just, hey, party like it's 1999. You know, they have no <laughs> idea. They have no idea. In fact, where they're at, they're they're being plagued by bugs, excessive mm-hmm. heat, dust storms, and fires. Yeah. Hey, but it ain't going to stop me from worshiping the devil and going to hell. And having a good time. Yeah. So very, uh, you know, that's... <laughs> This yeah. is right with it, right with it. And Paul, the apostle, said in Corinthians, Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Yes. Yes. Amen. And we have Psalms. We have Psalms 126.5 that says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Mm. Verse 6 says, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Paul, Second Corinthians four seventeen, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And Hebrews... 12, 10, and 11, for they verily for a few days chasten us. Talking about our physical fathers after their own pleasure, mm-hmm. you know, because we, we deserve to get a spanking. But he, God, chasteneth for our profit that we might be partakers of his holiness. Mm-hmm. Right? And, uh, and in verse 11, now no chastening for the present seems to be joyous, 
but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Mm-hmm. Once again, uh, Danny Castle did a sermon called uh, the, Ch- the Chastening of the Lord. Mm-hmm. We watched not too long ago. And it was really good because no one preaches this stuff anymore. They want to preach the happy, clappy, prosperity um, junk. You know, God's got this. God's <laughs> in your back pocket. God's going to see you through, you know. And you put your little quips on Twitter and on Facebook, and they're meaningless, foolish quips. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not easy being a Christian, being a biblical Christian, and trying to actually walk in the Spirit, follow God's commandments, and believe the words of God. You're going to get chastened and brought back in line when you veer off for your own good. And you're also going to go through persecutions and things, and you're going to see the wicked around you prosper. Right. And you're not going to prosper in this world. I'm sorry, you're not. God could bless you, and he could bless you with wealth, but you're not going to be a billionaire prosperous guy as a biblical Christian. You're just not. And you're also not going to be president, and you're probably not going to even be mayor. <laughs> because the, because it conflicts with the truth of the words of God. Right. To have to lie and cajole and, you know, get take to those bribes. Points. Yeah, take bribes. And then, of course, you're never going to be a movie star. You're never going to be a rock star. And you're never going to be, you know, um, a super mega rich pastor like uh, like Joel Osteen. Because you have, you have to sell your soul to Satan to get those kind of goods. Mm-hmm. Satan just doesn't hand out his kingdom to people for nothing. Yeah, there's a big there, price to There's pay a big on that price, one. and there's an agenda you have to do. You have to bow down and worship him, and then he has you doing things. So, you know, th- those guys didn't get to those points because God blessed them. Mm-mm. Trust me. Trust me on If you don't trust me on anything, trust me on this one. I'm telling you. That's, that's the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Five. Five. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise. That's me. I'm rebuking you. I'm the wise guy rebuking you. <laughs> No, it's better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. Mm. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Now, you can go to Joel Olstein's church and listen to the song of a fool. He sit there with his stupid horse face smile, giving you a bunch of crap. You know, and that goes for all of them. Paula White, T.G. Jakes, everybody who's a a mega. They're not of God. Mm -mm. They're of Satan. They're they're Satanists. And they're doing an agenda just like anybody else is, but that's their job mm-hmm. to deceive stupid people. And they're going right off the cliff to hell. Right. It's better to hear the rebuke of a Danny Castle you know, or a Kapow show. I'm not saying we're wise or anything, but we try to follow the biblical principles. Mm-hmm. And it's better to listen to this show than to uh, listen to a bunch of Song of Fools. Yep. Really so- is. Psalm 141.5 says, Let the righteous smite me, it shall be a kindness. And let him reprove me, it shall be an excellent oil. Oh, that's excellent. That's uh, one, uh, 141.5 yes. Psalm? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's excellent. Because godly reproof offends the flesh, does it not? Oh, yeah. It benefits the spirit, but your flesh is offended. say <laughs> that. But, you know, if you're going to go to Joel Olstein's song in a church and sing a full song in the house of myrrh, that pleases the flesh. Oh, sure. Doesn't it? But mm-hmm. on the opposite end, it injures your soul. It injures your soul. 
going straight to the pit because you don't believe in the real Jesus. It's a Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. It's a phony, false Cheez-Its. I'll say it again and again and again until God stops me. Verse 6, for the crackling of thorns. <laughs> Can you do a crackling sound? <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> For the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of the fool. And this is also vanity. See, it says, even in laughter, the heart is so- be sorrowful, and the end of that mirth is um, heaviness. And Solomon also said that laughter is mad and mirth. What does it do? What can it do? Yeah. And it's like that... Uh, I think it's interesting that he says, for the crackling of thorns under a pot is the laughter of the fools. I don't think he's just talking about sound, Mm-mm. but I think he's actually talking about the burning also. Mm-hmm. Because the crackling of the thorns is under a burning pot. So it's not just fool sound like, but it's actually the burning. Um, it's the very fire which consumes them, right? Mm-hmm. That produces... This seemingly merry noise. Is that, you know what I mean? Yeah. In Joel 2 5, it says, Like the noise of chariots on the tops of mountains shall they leap, like the noise of a flame of fire that devours the stubble. Mm. Yeah. As a strong people set in battle array. But there's there's an indication there of of fire devour, devouring the stubble. Um, and after it's devoured, guess what? That light goes into black darkness. Mm. Mm-hmm. And here's another miscapout. Here's another paranomasia mm-hmm. in the Hebrew. It's uh, sarim, which is thorns and sir, pot. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. little biblical wow. theology for you. I like it. I like a little it a lot. scholarly work there. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and apparently, if you go through the Bible, I, the wicked are often compared to thorns. This is interesting. Yes. Second Samuel 23 and 6 says, But the sons of Belial mm. shall be all of them as thorns thrust away because they cannot be taken with hands. Mm. Mm-hmm. Nahum 110. Yeah, because huh? they're prickly. Yeah. Yeah, they hurt. They can't be taken by hand, so they're just going to be cast away. Mm-hmm. Nahum 1.10 says, For while they be folded together as thorns, and while they are drunken as drunkards, they shall be devoured as stubble, fully dry. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um. Psalms one eighteen twelve says they compass me about like bees, they are quenched as the fire of thorns, for in the name of the Lord I will destroy them. Mm, <laughs> Isn't mm-hmm. that great? So we kind of get the point there. Mm-hmm. Crackling. It's better to listen to the rebuke of the wise than the song of fools. Keep that in mind. Um, it's not a very popular message. You don't hear it much, but it's truth. Right. That's why you don't hear it much. Verse 7, Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. Oh, I can relate to this. Mm-hmm. What he's talking about is the oppression like in judgment, your politicians, 
You know, they're oppressing you, but then a gift or a bribe, man, you see that happen and it just destroys your soul. It just, yeah. it just really, it just makes you want to go, I give up. Yeah. Does it not? Mm-hmm. Proverbs yeah. 15, I'm sorry, says, he that is greedy of gain troubles his own house, but he that hates gifts or bribes, he shall live. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, when you when you see that bribe and it says it destroyeth the heart or the wise person, you know, you could be tempted to go, well, I just give up. I'm going to go that way then. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's what it takes to get by in life. Then that's what I got to do. And it's that oppression. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad. It's that recurring idea that Koalith keeps talking about, like in Ecclesiastics 316 that we have visited, you know, a few weeks ago. And he says, and moreover, I saw <laughs> under the sun the place of judgment, you know, politicians, mm-hmm. courts, that wickedness was there and the place of righteousness, that iniquity was there. He sees there's BS in a judicial system. Mm-hmm. And in uh, Ecclesiastes 5.8, if you remember this, he says, and thou seest, if thou seest the oppression of the poor... And violent perverting of judgment and justice in a province, marvel not at the matter, he mm-hmm. says. No, 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 you know, don't freak out. He says, for he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there may be higher than they. Mm-hmm. God sees it. You know, don't freak out. Marvel not. It's uh, There's nothing new under the sun. None of this is new. Mm-hmm. None of this is new. So it's the... Uh, you know, it's the the sight of this that could make the wise heart just, ugh, mm-hmm. you know, flip out, right? And of course, the gift is a bribe, and that just irritates the heck out of you when you when you see, you know, a a wealthy person, you know, bribe this way out of, oh, you know, how how about you know when when all these uh, Wall Street, all these bankers, mm-hmm. um, got hammered. For causing the collapse in two thousand, you know, eight. Mm-hmm. None of them saw jail. No, no, none of these hedge funds managers. Nobody saw jail. Nobody. You know, how about Hillary Clinton? Yep, that's a big one. We're talking about a crook and a robber. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. I have a foundation, tax-free uh, foundation. Give to it, and you know, give to my campaign through my foundation, and uh, you know. We can make a few things happen for you. And she's just a one of many. She's one of many. You know? They're and, all uh, like that. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. In Job, Job was having a hard time. Job 12.6 says, The tabernacles of robbers prosper, and they that provoke God are secure, into whose hand God bringeth abundantly. Hmm. <laughs> In other words, they're just prospering, like Joel. Hey, speaking of uh, horse face, that liar, son of Satan, I was so mad. What, what's his name? Tyler Perry? Yes, 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 yes. He's, the, he's that black uh, movie director. Yeah, he does a lot of that. Um, oh, what is that Medina. called? Medina. Medina, yes. Uh, what's, what's a big mama? My yeah. big fat mama, Medina, those stupid movies. Right? Mm-hmm. You've seen the first one. You've seen all 17 of them. <laughs> well, this this moron, you know what he does? He decides to donate. Oh, and he has to let his right hand tell his left hand, 
you got to tell the whole world that I'm doing it because we're going to get to that later on in this chapter, a false righteousness. But all these celebrities, they've got got to let the whole world know what they're doing, this false righteousness. And so, including Horseface Joel now. Mm -hmm. But um, he decided he's going to donate a million dollars to the uh, Hurricane... Um, Harvey victims, right? So you mm-hmm. go, okay, well, that's cool. You're a rich, uh, you're a rich, stupid man. Go ahead. But you know what? A quarter of a million of those, he's he's donating directly to Joel Olstein's Lakewood Church. <laughs> oh, Lordy, yes. And the other quarter million to Beyonce's pastor. I never heard of this guy. Well, you know, and, and so when I read that, I just, I could not believe it. I'm going, here's, here's horse face. Who totally screwed this up, who totally besmeared the gospel of Christ, and in one pinstroke makes more money than most of us would make in years. I know. He, j- he makes a quarter million dollars for screwing up and doing absolutely nothing. See, so, it's it, just like Job, just like with Job, what I just read with Job. That's how I feel. Mm-hmm. And, and just like Holof says, it makes the wise heart hurt when you see that. It makes you it just makes you want to give up and go, what the what? The, yeah, why am I sitting here sense? yelling on this stupid microphone for? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Job twenty one six says, even when I remember, I am afraid and trembling, taking hold on my flesh. Verse seven. Wherefore do the wicked live? Become old. Yay, are mighty in power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I well, live forever. Yeah, we're having a good time. I'm Joel Olstein in my, in my $10.5 million mansion. He has three elevators. <laughs> three. <laughs> oh, Made Lord. a quarter million dollars because Tyler Perry wanted to donate a quarter million dollars to the guy who did nothing. I can go on and on how the serpents protect the serpents. Mm-hmm. Boy, the serpents all rallied around this other this serpent man to protect him. Yes. The only ones that are telling the truth are the the the, V-blog, the vloggers the, and the people on YouTube. And there's dozens and dozens, if not hundreds of people calling this idiot out. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to get a voice on mainstream media. Of course not. Yeah. But stupid. He got a voice on mainstream media, and they, oh, they, they give him all the questions we're going to ask you, and oh, oh, he's going to crash. I know this because it's the word of God, but he may not crash in my lifetime. I don't know, but he's going to burn in hell forever, and I'd rather, I'd rather sit in a corner and eat my little pot pie than burn in hell forever. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, how about this? Job twenty four one. Why seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty? Do they not know him, not see his days? In other words, you see how God does things in the past. Why don't you recognize that it's going to happen again? Mm-hmm. Okay, better is, verse 8, better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof. And be the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. And this goes with verse 7 that, seven that we just read. Because you're going... Um, this is making me mad looking at the oppression. Mm-hmm. But better is the end of a thing than the beginning. So in other, in other words, be patient in spirit because uh, that's better than being proud in the spirit. Yep, that's right. Hebrews 3.14 says, For we are made 
partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. Yes. Let the wise wait for the end, right? Mm-hmm. Because the oppressions that we see now, like in the beginning of this, it can perplex your faith. It certainly perplexes mine. Mm-hmm. It gets it gets me so riled up. And I'm not the only one. Watch any dude on YouTube talking about this. Even what's his name? D.L. Hughley, the comedian. Yeah. Was on a podcast show. And he I mean, he's riled up like I am. I mean, we are just upset about this. Anyway, so it perplexes you. But anyway, if you if you're patient, like all of us say it, and you wait for the end, those oppressions are going to be found by God, you know, to to be working to overrule to your good. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, you know, usually when I hear all this stuff, and I always go back to Psalm thirty-seven and seventy-three because it talks about the, all that. And that their end, what their end will be, yeah. you know? You got a whole lot of that. Yeah. And uh, you just got to remember who wins at the end. Yeah. This is just a temporal thing. I know. But, but it's, it's but tough. I'm not, it is, it is. Believe me, and, I, and, I have the same issues. <laughs> and what's like, nice is that Coleth recognized this, you know, 3,000 years ago and wrote about it because he saw it. <laughs> and there's nothing new. There's nothing under new. The sun. Yeah. In his day. You know, they're doing the same thing. He was probably doing it to his subjects. That's why he knew about it. You know, yeah. well, and then if you think about Christ and Pontius Pilate, he knew that this, that Jesus was innocent. Yeah. But because of the political thing and then do the right thing, he just went ahead and let him get crucified. Yeah. An innocent man. Yeah. Because he didn't want to piss off the Jews. Yeah. Now, it worked for our benefit, right? That was God's dispensation. That's what God planned. They knew that. We look back on hindsight and say, thank God, you know, you know, that... You know, Christ died on the cross for us. But if you just strip all that away from it, and like you said, and look at the injustice of that, mm-hmm. that's crazy. It's crazy. Romans 5.3 says, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, mm-hmm. knowing that tribulation worketh patience. I think I tore that scripture out of my Bible. <laughs> Those are tough, man. That's why they're not preaching this in Hillsong. Psalm 73, 2. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Mm. Verse 3 says, For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Mm -hmm. This is in Psalms. Psalms says, this. the writer here in Psalms, whether it be David or not, I don't know, but says that his feet, were almost gone, that he almost slipped Mm -hmm. because he became envious of the foolish person and he saw how the wicked prospered. Sure. That's easy to do, you know? I think one of the things that keep me afloat is that I realize they're reptilians. And I don't want to be a reptilian. Mm -hmm. Well, especially, you know, if you try to do the right thing. This is very small, what I'm going to say, but like driving. I try my best Mm. to go the speed limit. And to, you know, to obey traffic laws. And then I always see people driving faster than me or cutting into traffic. And I can't tell you how angry that makes me at times, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, I scratch my head a lot over that. I know. And And you just, you know, for me, I feel like, well, they're going to drive aggressive and crazy. Then I'm going to drive aggressive and crazy. mm -hmm. We're all going to get there, you know? 
<sighs> you know, well, they're going to be road ragey. I'm going to be road ragey. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure if I did it, I'd get a ticket. <laughs> yeah, or shot, you know. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Psalms 12 uh, through 14 says, Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Like Joel made a quarter million dollars for doing nothing. And who knows how much money, more money he made. And for doing the wrong thing. For doing the wrong thing. He gets, he gets um, uh, rewarded. Yeah, for being a fool. Rewarded. You know what I mean? And he gets a voice to make you know, so that he can explain himself and lie more to the public where the other people don't. Yeah. No one else. No, there's no counterpoint. Mm -mm. No counterpoint. Yeah. It's it's, it's reptilians, serpents taking care of their serpent buddies Mm -hmm. because there's an agenda to be done here. And verse 14 of that Psalm says, for all the day long, have I been plagued and chastened every morning? Mm. 17 until I went into the sanctuary of God then I understood their end and that's mm-hmm. what you were talking about Ms. Yep. and in verse 26 says my flesh and my heart faileth but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever amen yes James 5.11 says behold we count them happy which endure you have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Amen. That's so true. Yeah. It really is. He has a lot of pity. Uh, okay, so let's move on. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, Brother mm. Kapow. Brother Kapow, don't be mad. Don't be mad, Brother Kapow. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Mm-hmm. Boy, don't I know that. And you know, um, anger says... You know, to to um, to be slow in anger, yeah. or don't ang- be be angry, but sin not. Mm-hmm. And in um, Proverbs fourteen, it says, "He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly, because you're emotional." God, you it, know it, what I mean. Yeah. And uh, Proverbs twenty nine fourteen says, "An angry man stirs up strife." <laughs> Boy, you know what? I don't need a scripture to tell me this one. I've lived it. <laughs> uh, I have somebody um, Someone's knocking at the I, door I have a commercial but it's alright yeah, It reminds me of a commercial break here But anyway I have uh, lived this So I don't need this, this scripture Ms. Kapow um, Have you ever seen me in the past You know Before the Holy Spirit dealing with me hmm? Be hasty in my anger Where oh. it was to my own Oh yeah room, Plen- My own demise times. Plenty of times. Yeah. I've been sued because of my anger. And you see me with a lot of pictures with my head and my face and my hands praying. <laughs> yeah. I was one angry dude. Yeah. I was one angry dude. If I wasn't saved, I'd, I'd probably, I'd be out there with all those angry dudes killing people. Uh, seriously. I had a lot, I had a lot of uh, angry, murderous demons in me. Mm-hmm. There might be a few left. I don't know but we're trying to get rid of them. Do not uh, be not rash with thy mouth and let not thine heart be hasty to utter anything before God for God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Wherefore, let thy words be few. And that was in Ecclesiastes five, two that we visited. 
And uh, Proverbs twelve sixteen says, a fool's wrath is presently known, but a prudent man covers shame. Mm-hmm. And that is so true. I, I really, I'm, I'm too embarrassed to tell you guys story after story of my anger when, uh, before God got a hold of me. And, um, but, you know, even after God got a hold of me, it took me a long time, man. The Holy Spirit really had to convict me and show me that I had um, uh, basically demons of anger in me, mm-hmm. murderous spirits, really. And I think they came in through martial arts. I really do. But it, it, they didn't just drop off within like a year or two years. I mean, it took years to drop these things off. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was just – it didn't, wouldn't take much for me to just snap. Mm-mm. You know, really. It really doesn't. It's, that's kind of one of my, I don't know, little hot buttons or something. I got to be real careful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I got to be real, real careful sometimes um, to not take an offense that isn't worth taking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I try, I try, I try and I'm, I'm she's so much better. Oh, definitely. I live life so much more peacefully now. Yeah. You know, let's do take a commercial break and then we'll be back. Okay. Good night. <laughs> like what? We'll be back. Hello. This is professor Lamsrath from the Institute of prophetic studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church? You're getting nothing from it. Do you feel good on Sunday, but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read Eyes to See, Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. Go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com for further information. This is Professor Lamsrath, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses. So I'll see you in class. So I'll see you in class, Miss Payne. Yeah, okay. I'll see you in class. You better be there. I'll be there. All right, shall we continue? Um, yes, please. Okay, oh, this is another... Okay. You know what? I'm going to quit teaching in Ecclesiastes because it's like it's like too convicting for me. <laughs> No, no, I shouldn't be making all you people feel bad, and I should be thumping my Bible over your head <laughs> and telling you to get your act together because I'm so squared away. Right? <laughs> I Not, don't think so. No. Now, when you're, I, boy, I read Ecclesiastes, and I go, oh, my goodness, quit pointing at me, man. Stop. <laughs> Stop. I'm, I'm like all these guys. I'm just like a, my goodness. This one is, Okay. This one's me. I do this all the time. I think I just did this maybe two hours ago. I don't know. <laughs> First, it says, Say not thou, Brother Kapow, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? <laughs> <laughs> For thou dost not re- inquire wisely concerning this. Okay, thank you, Quillen. So you're saying I'm a fool and I'm not <laughs> inquiring wisely. I do this all the time. I look at it and go, oh, my gosh. 
the times are so bad right now. They weren't like this 50 years ago or 100 years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I lived in the 1950s. Oh, no. You know, no, I don't really. I understand there's, you know, you, you, you look at, you know, just American history recently mm-hmm. and, you know, you understand in the 1930s, you had the Federal Reserve uh, come online and you had that Satanist president, um, uh, what's his name, uh, you know, the guy who did the bomb on, um, I can't even remember now. Anyway, because he means nothing to me. You know, all these, these occultists and all these these people in the White House, and it was horrible, you know, just as it is today. Uh, but I have a tendency to look back, and there are, there are some things today that I think are worse. I think there's more demonic spirits running around possessing people. I really do. But, you know, when you go... Um, you know, what is the cause that the other days were so much better? You know, you have to look at this stuff wisely. Uh, it's a, this is a tough one. And so basically, you don't, when I do that, I call in question God's, God's ways and making, you know, uh, the past days, you know, were better than today. Mm-hmm. And Job did the same thing. In Job 29, 2 through 5, he says, Oh, that I were as in months past, as in mm-hmm. the days when God preserved me, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm in good company. Job did the same thing. Nothing new under the sun. But I guess, you know, by asking that question, you're actually putting off, you know, that heavenly wisdom mm-hmm. um, rather than seeing, hey, God... God has his dispensations and he has his times and there's a time for everything. That's right. Right. Isaiah 43 says, remember ye not the four former things, neither consider the things of old and behold, I do a new thing. And then Paul, the apostle says, uh, one of the things that I do is that, um, I forget those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Mm hmm. Yep. Good stuff. Verse 11 says, Wisdom is good with an inheritance, and by it there is profit to them that see the sun. Mm. So it's like an inheritance. Verse 12 says, For wisdom is a defense, and money is a defense. But the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to them that have it. That's right. The law of the wise is a fountain of life, to depart from the snares of death. Yep. So though money can help you in defending against some calamities, knowledge and wisdom in God can give you life, right? Mm -hmm. Verse 13, consider the work of God, for who can make that straight which he's made crooked? Mm. Right? That's right. And that's kind of like it goes with that verse 10 thing about don't say, hey, it was a lot better back then. Why can't it be better? Because you got to consider God's work, his dispensations, what he does. Who can who can make something straight? You know, Um, you know, once again, Job 12, 14 says, behold, he breaketh down and it cannot be built again. He shutteth up a man and there could be no opening, Mm -hmm. you know. You just, you got to realize God's sovereign. These things, these things happen. Plus God even said, don't worry about the things here because you, you don't even have the power to make yourself an inch longer or (laughs) taller or an inch shorter. Yeah. You don't even have that power to do that. So 
Don't worry about it. And all things do work out for good to those that love God and who are called. Yeah. According to his purpose. That's right. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. But in the day of adversity, consider. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you can be happy there. when things are good, but things are bad. You better be a little introspective, right? Mm-hmm. God also, also, uh, I was reading half at the same time. <laughs> God also half set the one over against the other to the end that man should find nothing after him. Mm. Mm-hmm. So consider the work of God. For God has made it. He set adversity also as well as prosperity. So adversity is one of the things which God has made crooked. Man can't make straight. He ought therefore to be patient. Mm -hmm. Consider that. Um, It's like setting of a broken bone, isn't it not? Yes, exactly. Yep. It's going to heal, but right now. (laughs) So, you know, man, that, that, that man should find nothing after him. So that man may not find anything to blame after God. Mm-hmm. That means, you know, after considering God's work, you know, there's nothing else there. All right. Verse 15. All things have I seen in the days of my vanity. That's the apostate Solomon who went totally apostate and to check everything out, still using wisdom, partied like a rock star. He says, there is a just man that perisheth. In his righteousness. And there's a wicked man that prolongeth his wife, or his life in his wickedness. Isn't that the truth? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, in 2001, I wrote a book called The Wisdom of Death, Six Paths to Understanding Loss and Grief. Mm-hmm. And I wrote it after my father had died. Three months later, my father-in-law died. And... One of the things in this book is not a Christian book, by the way. That's why I never talk about it. But you can still get it on Amazon if you want. The ebook is better because I have a Christian perspective on the ebook, but the paperback book is not. But it's it's still a good book. And um, one of the things that I struggled with was in my career in law enforcement, I'd seen evil, wicked people. I'd seen gang members shot in the face, go to the hospital. Go through surgery and walk out alive. I've seen bank robbers get shot by the police, paralyzed. They're sitting in a wheelchair, pooping in a bag, but they're alive. And then they continue to do their gang lifestyle and shoot other people. Mm. And then I had this father and this father-in-law who were really good men, beautiful people. They were angels, very kind, very helpful people. And God decided, well, I'm going to take these two off the face of the earth and leave the uh, the idiots. So I really had a struggle with that, and I had a lot of anger against God for that. <laughs> In fact, I wrote, you know, I think I wrote something like, it's okay to be angry with God. You know, he can take it. He's a big boy. Let that anger out. That was part of my catharsis to let that anger out. But it was something that I, I really struggled with because I can't understand why you would take good people off the face of the earth and leave, leave the idiots for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for that. Right. <clears throat> so there's probably a little coil with me. Uh, in fact, uh, I think there is a little coil with me back then when I wrote the book. There it was. 
Uh, in fact, they even talked about Job and all that stuff. But it, overall, it's a positive book. Yeah, I thought it was really good because it had a lot of insight yeah. to the death process. Yeah. So those of you who might be uh, grieving or actually, I recommend reading it before someone dies because that'll help you before. Because once they die, man, your head's in a different world. Yeah. But it, it has helped a lot of people. So verse 15, all things have I seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perisheth in this righteousness, and there's a wicked man that prolongs his life in his wickedness. So mm-hmm. it's an objection by Solomon in the days of his vanity that, um, you know, <laughs> the just perish. And temporal, not eternal death. So John ten twenty eight says, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. But still, they're righteous men and they're gone from the face of the earth. And what you're left is the gang member and the, uh, you know, the George Soros, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You know, the Rothschilds and all these old, wicked, evil people. But the good people, yeah, yeah, we'll just take them from the earth. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Uh, So, yeah. And then that the uh, the wicked people, their life prolongs. Now, in Ecclesiastes 8.12, he kind of gives the answer to this. He says, though a sinner do evil a hundred times and his days be prolonged, yet surely I know that it shall be well with them that fear God, which fear before him. Mm-hmm. So, But it doesn't help you a whole lot when your loved one's taken away from you uh, before you think their time. Yeah. And uh, then you see a bunch of wickedness around you and uh, they're just doing fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, verse 16, be not righteous over much, neither make thyself over wise. Why should thy destroy thyself? And with it, verse 17, be not over much wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why shouldest thou die before thy time? Mm-hmm. So in other words, don't be self-righteous. This ain't yeah. talking about righteousness that comes from God or Christ. It's self-righteousness because you're going to make trouble for yourself when you think, you know, you're like the Pharisees. You know, that pound their chest. And also, don't be over much wicked. Don't be wicked at all, you know? But either extreme, you got you got huge problems, is yeah. what he's saying. Romans uh, 10.3 says, For being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness to everyone that believes. Amen. Amen. So, when you operate in self-righteousness and you make yourself overly wise, why should you destroy yourself? You know, I mean, that's not God's righteousness. That's your own self. You're going to cause, you just, God doesn't honor that. Mm-mm. You know, Matthew 6, 1 through 7 says, uh, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, what's his face? Perry Tyler, mm-hmm. Tyler Perry. I'm giving a million dollars, but half of that's to churches that do nothing. <laughs> it says, otherwise you have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. You think that guy has any reward for, no, he's telling everybody what he's doing. 
And plus, he's not even a Christian. Well, he, he probably wants old. his own reward, like uh, Benny Hinn. He wants the streets of gold now. Yeah, he wants it now. Well, you know, Perry, Perry Tyler, whatever, you know what his reward is? Tax deduction <laughs> from a tax-exempt business hmm. that shouldn't even be tax-exempt. Verse 7 of uh, Matthew 6 says, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for much of their speaking. But they're not. God mm-hmm. doesn't listen to them. Right? And it goes on and on. I can give you scripture after scripture. You know. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and all that stuff, but you omitted the weightier matters of the law. Mm-hmm. Judgment and mercy you don't do. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, by the way, that's not a pro tithe scripture. That is not a pro tithe scripture. He's saying that they pay the tithes of herbs and spices, but they don't do the weightier matters of the law, like judgment and mercy and faith. Christ is saying those, those things you should do and not leave the other undone. Mm-hmm. But if you know you go to a church that wants to use this as a tithing scripture, then then go buy them some rosemary and some herbs and some um, anise and give it to them and see what they do with it. <laughs> because there's nothing in that scripture about silver or gold or paper dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Ye blind guides would strain at a gnat and swallow a camel, right? That's right. Romans 10.3, you didn't read that one, did you? No. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Quoliff says, be not righteous over much, neither make thyself overwise. And 1 Tim 4.3, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, mm-hmm. which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving, of them which believe and know the truth. Mm-hmm. So don't let these people, especially Judaizers, tell you, you know, you got to do the Sabbath and you got to do this and gang, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, okay, so I got to move on here. I'm running out of time. I'm only at verse 17. I got some more. So let's, I'm going to step it up. Be not over much wicked. Okay, I read that. It is good that thou shouldest take hold of this. Yea, also from this withdraw not thine hand, for he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Mm-hmm. Nice. 19. Wisdom strengthens the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. Wisdom. Yep. And wisdom, wisdom is better than weapons of war. Yep. For there is not a just man upon earth that doth good and sinneth not. Mm-hmm. There's just not. Self-righteousness does not cut it. Yep, there's none that doeth good. No, not one. Mm-mm. And that's in Psalms 14 and Romans three twelve. Yep. And in Luke 18, 9, 11, it says, uh, And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised mm. others. Oh, wow. No good. No boy, no. Verse 21, also take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. Mm-hmm. And of course, you can replace the word with a servant with wife. So you don't want to hear your wife curse you. So don't, <laughs> don't be listening in on her conversations with the girlfriends. <laughs> or she might say, brother Kapowski, snores. <laughs> right? Hey, so just say, don't be nosy. You know, don't, you know. 
Use some wisdom there. You don't want to know everything, right? Yeah, sometimes ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to uh, be on uh, Facebook and Twitter all the time and Instagram. <laughs> Verse 22. For oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise hath cursed others. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. Verse 23, for all this have I proved by wisdom. I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. Now, there's a wise guy saying, hey, I just wasn't wise in myself. All of it was far from me. Yeah. The Apostle Paul says, wherefore, let him that thinketh he stands, let him take heed lest he fall. Amen. It goes with that self-right. All that goes with that self-righteousness stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. That which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? Really? Sometimes you just got to say that. Man, that's some deep stuff, man. And God's just not revealing it to me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know? But I want to find out, so I'll go on YouTube and, you know, we'll check it out, right? Yeah. It says, counsel in the heart of man is like a deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Verse 25 says, I applied mine heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and the reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. We've we been through that. We saw that Quoleth um, did that. Mm-hmm. He, he went crazy with all this stuff to try to figure out uh, <laughs> what was good. And he's saying, hey, it's folly. It's vanity and vexation of spirit. And he says, and I find more bitter than death. Now, oh, this is, this is, these are good verses because we're going to have to break this down a little bit to explain <laughs> this. Because all you women listening, right off the bat, before I read this, this isn't talking about the gender of women in general. Yeah. There's plenty of scriptures that show otherwise. This guy is talking about his thousand women in his life. Mm-hmm. This guy's talking about his 700 wives and 300 concubines and the foolishness that he brought on himself. Yeah. And I'm going to show you that in scripture. Verse 26 says, and I find more better than death, the woman whose heart is snares and nets and her hands is bands. Whoso pleaseth God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken by her. And you know, in Proverbs, there's a, a bunch of scriptures about the strange woman. Yes. And um, I can see how he could have written all those. Yeah. And the strange woman is like, just like the, the, the foreigners. The term, yeah, the foreign women, the alien women. You know, replace that word strange with alien. You know, mm-hmm. the alien women is calling it. They're serpentines. Of course, you're going to have problems. You know? Um, Plus, so, he was warned yes, not to commingle yeah, with them. Absolutely. And none of, none of the kings of Israel were supposed to have more than one wife. Mm-mm. None of them. Or collect horses and vast armies, mm-hmm. which they all did. I find that, uh, he says, all my sinful follies, none have been so ruinous as a snare and seducing me from God as idolatrous women. Okay, let's go to 1 Kings 11.3 says... He's talking about Solomon here. First Kings eleven three says, and he had seven hundred wives, Mm-mm. princesses, and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. Yep, that's what he's talking about. Verse four says, for it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after one of after other gods, mm-hmm. and his heart was not perfect 
with the Lord, his God, was as was the heart of David, his father. Mm-hmm. So for a guy being so wise, he did really stupid, foolish things like this, having a bunch of chicks in his life. And he married a bunch of pagans because that's what they did. They married for political reasons and he married other king's daughters and made, made him princesses and all this stuff. And, you know, now mm-hmm. he's worshiping other gods like the fool he's talking about. Uh, Proverbs 5.3 says, For the lips of a strange woman, the alien, drop as a honeycomb and her mouth is smoother than oil. Until you watch her transform into a lizard, right, Ms. Capel? Yeah. yeah. And her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Psalm 22.14, The mouth of an alien woman, or strange woman, is a deep pit. He that is abhorred of the Lord shall fall therein. Mm. So it's a curse. Okay, so that's what he's talking about in the rest of the verses here. Verse 27, he says, Behold, this I have found, saith the preacher, quoteth, counting one by one. Who did he count? His thousand women. He, I count one by one to find out this account. Mm-hmm. He says in verse 28, Which yet my soul seeketh. I'm still trying to find this out, but I find it not. I can't figure it out. He says, one man among a thousand, one in a thousand have I found, but a woman among all those have I not found. And what hasn't he found? He says, lo, this only have I found that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. So what he's saying among all his concubines, all these women and stuff, he hasn't found one woman who's upright. And there's only one man in a thousand that he found. And I bet you he's speaking symbolically. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's nobody. Yeah. There's nobody that's righteous. And there isn't. Nope. There isn't. There's nobody. Um, he says... He's he's found nobody, and it was really if you if you think of any flesh, there's only one that's God made flesh that ever walked this earth that was truly righteous. Mm-hmm. Nobody else was. No, nope. right? That's right. So he's considering all these women, all his thousands of wives. He has not found one that was right. Well, why would he? Because they all let, they led him. To other gods. Yep. Right? Right. He found not. So he says, uh, when he's talking about one man, that is worthy of the name man, upright. Not more than one in a thousand of his men. Now see, Job thirty three twenty three says, If there be a messenger with him, an interpreter, one among a thousand, to show unto man his righteousness? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Psalm twelve one says Help, Lord, for the godly man seetheth, seetheth, or cease, I should say, for the faithful fail from among the children of men. So it's like an idiom. There's nothing. There's no righteousness. Just like Romans says. We've all sinned. There's no righteousness. Mm-mm. Jesus Christ alone was the ideal man, the perfect. That's right. he, he alone was the chiefest among 10,000. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's mm-hmm. no perfect woman. Ever existed except Miss Pan, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, not the Virgin Mary. Nobody, nobody. You know, so you know Solomon, in his word, you know, he, you know, 
counting them. He's talking about his 300 wives, 700 concubines. And it was not likely he's going to find anybody, any woman with the fidelity which one true wife pays to one husband. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. But it's not, a, it's not an unqualified condemn, condemnation of women. Um, for example, Proverbs 12.4 says, A virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. Mm-hmm. But she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness to his bones. Ouch. So, there is a virtuous woman. 31.10 says, Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Mm-hmm. Okay? So... So, Mr. So. And so he ends with, Lo, this only have I found that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. Mm. The only way of accounting for the scarcity of even comparatively upright men and women is that. Whereas God made man upright, they, the men, humankind, have screwed up (laughs) right yeah that's putting it it's like it's like when you go back to genesis chapter two one through three thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them right and he creates i'm sorry chapter two one and then um chapter three verse 24 And it says, and this is after the fall. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden, cherubim and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. Hmm. So in Solomon's writing that he has not found any righteousness. And then he says, they have sought out many inventions. God made man outright, but they've sought out many inventions. He's, he's hearkening back to the fall among man's inventions was, well, to have more than one wife. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says in Matthew nineteen four, and he answered and said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Adam and Eve. Verse 5, And said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother and shall cleave to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. Verse 6, wherefore they are no more two, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And this was in response to them going, well, Moses allowed us divorce and do, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So here's Solomon with a thousand chicks. Yeah, you're going to have problems. You're going to have a problem finding somebody's righteous, including yourself. Right? Mm -hmm. Right? Right, 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 brother. Capel. Because man has sought out many inventions. One of them is having a lot of a lot of wives. You have anything to add to this discussion, Miss Capel? No, I can't say that I do. Really, really, really. Okay. Well, then I think we should call it a day. Ciao, baby. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>